This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me as always is Alan. Good spring day. And Fred. Hello out there. And it would be a good spring day, except the Braves game got canceled on Thursday. So no spring training game on Thursdays. We're recording this, but it has been fun getting to watch a couple of games on TV this week and seeing the Atlanta Braves in action. Spring training, I don't care. I love watching this team, love watching baseball in general. So it's been fun to see some of these guys get after it and got some good battles that I think we're going to be talking about. Through, uh, throughout spring training, there are some positions to be won. So I think it should be a pretty entertaining spring training. And obviously, we'll talk about some of those position battles as well. Had another big signing just after we recorded last week and Kenley Jansen that we want to talk about. And then also, we'll just discuss the roster as a whole. Whether or not this roster is good enough to repeat as World Series champions and who wins those final couple of spots in the rotation but, Alan, let's start off talking about the big signing just out of nowhere, really, last week in Kenley Jansen. I thought Alex Anthopoulos was done. I thought he had put a bow on a really good offseason. And then out of nowhere, they signed Kenley Jansen for one year and $16 million. Just a huge deal for the Braves. He becomes the closer. You know, Alex Anthopoulos spoke with Will Smith before making the deal, and I couldn't go back and find the quote, but I'm pretty sure I saw it where he said he would not have done the deal if he didn't get Will Smith's approval, uh, which, you know, speaks very highly to the, the character of Alex Antopoulos, how he cares about his players and wants them all to be bought in on any move that he makes. And But Will Smith, you know, he, he said, just give me another parade. You know, Smith just wants to party again, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so he was on board for it, but a big deal. It creates possibly the best bullpen in the league on paper, Alan? I think so. And I'll, I'll tell you, the, you're right about this coming out of nowhere. This was a total shock. We had already figured out, okay, he spent all the money he can spend, so we're done, right? Well, a couple of points about that. He's always said if there's a particular player that we need, he gets permission to go get him regardless of the cost. And this illustrates that. $16 million is not chump change, obviously. All The other thing we know now is that they had apparently explored with the White Sox the idea of trading to get Craig Kimbrell back, the only closer type that he thought, Alex thought, was similar enough to Jansen. So he was definitely going top end of the, uh, the bullpen, wanted a, a shutdown closer, and he got his man. The the nice thing about this, too, is that Kenley Jansen has been a Atlanta Brave fan from afar. Being a Curacao native, it kind of seems to run in the uh, genetics down there lately, thanks to uh, guys like Andrew Jones, who came before. We've had Andrelton Simmons. We've got Ozzie Albies. 
We had Randall Simon. The Braves definitely have gotten more than their share of Curacao natives uh, over the years, and Kenley is seems to be glad to be here, and I'm all for it. So we have definitely a bullpen that's to be reckoned with. I think it's going to be important as we go into this season where you got a lot of pitchers, especially the back end of our rotation, that are going to have some iffy days. You uh, now have a bullpen capable of taking a game from perhaps the fifth inning onwards and shutting down teams. That's going to be necessary in this league. We've got a lot of uh, bats that are going to be on other teams. I'm thinking Philadelphia in particular. Uh, that are going to need to be shut down, and I think these guys can definitely do that. Yeah, a couple of things you mentioned there. You know, the Craig, the the rumors about Alex going after Craig Kimbrell, I found just fascinating. And, you know, that tells me he's still just out there just trying his best to improve this team and willing to spend money to do it. You also talked about the fact that this could be five inning games for the Braves, and that is so true and can be very important, especially early in the season when starters are likely going to be still limited after a short spring training, could have a bunch of young guys in the back half of the rotation. So having those veterans in the bullpen to be able to come in and shorten the game is going to be huge. But, you know, Fred, one of my biggest takeaways, seeing them sign Kenley Jansen for $16 million, you now have nearly $30 million towards the back end of your bullpen with Jansen and Will Smith. This is a new-look Braves front office who is ready and willing to spend money. Yeah, all the, all those guys who complained about, oh, they never spend any money. Those guys are choking them to death. They need to shut the hell up, all right? They made the move when it was time to make the move, when the market was right to make the move, when the club proved that the players were good enough to make the move. They went out and made the move. And I thought it was nice that uh, when we heard him say, I've only got $15 million left to spend, he meant that day. <laughs> because he then proceeded, then he proceeded to sign Rosario, and then he then he turned around and he signs signs Jansen, and um, you know that that's he's just I don't think I think he could go out and get anybody he wants right now. I just don't think there's anybody out there that he wants. Fangraphs has us about 184 million, uh, and that's going to be give or take. That's going to depend on the, on the arbitration thing. But I, you know, when the deal for uh, talking about bringing Kimball home, I said. Uh, and my wife's not here because she's in love with Craig Kimbrell. That's another story. But I said, yeah, that's the wrong idea. You don't want Kimbrell back. Uh, he's not the same guy. Um, and uh, this is, we got the best relief pitcher on the market. We got Kenley Jansen. And I, I, they're, they're going to be down the bullpen. No, it's my turn to close. No, no, it's my turn to close. Look, you closed yesterday. I know, but this guy, they're going to be that kind of thing on you got four closers down there in that bullpen right now. And I remember the days of Kimberl and, and O'Flaherty thing, and this is a better bullpen. In fact, yeah, this is this is the best bullpen in the in either league right now. And if you get to the fifth inning and you're down by a couple of runs, you might as well pack your bags because you're not going any farther. Uh, these guys are, can slam the door on anybody out there. Uh, the Phillies are loading up on those bats, but you know Corey Knebel's their closer, and I like Corey; he's a nice guy and. I'm sure he's a sweet fellow, but uh, that's not good enough. And the Phillies still can't catch the ball. So this is this is going to be a real fight in the in the East. And I think the bullpen swings it in the Braves' favor. It's, I, I just think, don't think anybody else can can hold up that long. If our pitchers can get us to six innings, game's over. Yeah, and that's something you know worth noting because at the beginning of last year, a lot of the early struggles 
had to do with that bullpen. And, you know, some of those same guys still here and obviously turned it around at the, at the exact right time in order to win a World Series. But part of that, too, is just also because of the lack of depth in that bullpen. And you had games in the middle innings, you know, where maybe the Braves were down by a run or two and, you know, a middle reliever would come in and the next thing you know, they're down by four. Um, and that's just where the lack of depth came into play. You shouldn't have that problem going into this season. So great job by Alex shoring up that bullpen, not really resting on what many already consider to be a very strong bullpen. And now, like we've all kind of said and agreed, could be the best bullpen in all of baseball on paper going in to the regular season. And on that note, Alan, I wanted to just kind of shift because I think Alex Anthopoulos is done at this point. I don't know that he's ever truly done, but I believe the roster is pretty much set for what we're going to see going into the regular season. And I know there's still some positions to be worked out, mainly on the bench and in the back half of the rotation. But with where the roster is now, I think Alex has done a a great job of putting a a team, a roster together that is ready to go from the jump. And that is one thing, if I've been critical at all of Alex Anthopoulos going into a season, it's that sometimes he will just allow certain positions to play out and then adjust during the season. I don't think you can really afford to do that this year with how the division is and the fact that you really want to get one of those top two seeds in the postseason. So I think he's done a great job of putting this roster together to be ready to compete, to win right out of the gate and be one of the best teams in baseball. Fangraphs right now has the Braves at 92 wins, the Mets at 90, and the Phillies at 88. And I I don't know that I quibble with those numbers too much because I think it is going to be fairly close all, all the way around as long as most uh, all these teams stay relatively healthy. The trick then is going to be not having long slumps. And right away the Braves are going to have a uh, – a run of 14 games in a row just after the first week there, and they're going to have to have their pitching squared away. So, yes, all all that you said is going to be vital to that. I still would like to see one more veteran arm in there to help eat some innings. I think that would be useful. Looking at the 40-man roster, I'm not sure who might be sacrificed, barring a trade, to be able to make some space for for that unless somebody gets hurt. But, uh uh, that, that's the kind of thing that I, I would like to see as part of the 26 to 28 man, uh, roster that will be going to Atlanta. Uh, and you're going to have 28 bodies active through the end of April. Um, Alex Anthopoulos has already indicated that the extra two guys will be arms of some ilk. So you've got uh, the usual suspects plus a host of probably six or eight guys that are going to be candidates for that fourth, fifth, and sounds like perhaps sixth rotation slot uh, to start out with at least. Kyle Wright looks like he's the guy who's the first up and it is has the fourth spot to lose perhaps. Kyle Miller uh, is a candidate. Sean Newcomb, you can't count him out, but uh, I don't know that he's going to be stretched out as as one of those options or if he's going to be added to the bullpen or just what's going to happen with him. And then you've got uh, other guys like Tukey and then some bullpen options, Dylan Lee, Spencer Strider, Jacob Webb, Freddie Tarnock perhaps. That, that's probably the pecking order I know I, I, I 
can forecast right now. The trick is, can we get another um, veteran starter? Julio Terran, we've mentioned a few times, uh, is one option. There are some others out there. And as we said last week, it's probably going to be one of those kind of guys or somebody that's snatched off the waiver wire late in, uh, next week or something. So that, that's the way I'm seeing it right now is that, uh, it's going to come down to pitching if you're going to have any more changes at all right now. But otherwise, yeah, he's, he's about done. Yeah. I would agree that the one, you know, spot that could possibly need a upgrade or an addition is in the rotation. There's just, there's nothing out there that's going to be significant. I know fans are wanting them to go out and get another, you know, middle to top of the rotation starter. That's just not going to happen at this point. If you're going to get anybody, it's going to be, you know, somebody like Julio Tehran. I know we got killed for posting that article the other day, but it doesn't have to be him, but somebody like him, you know, somebody that can give you innings, and Julio does that. Now, the argument against that is, you know, just let the young kids do it, and I understand that, but, again, the team that's trying to win right now. But, you know, Fred, you know, other than just looking for another veteran starting pitcher for the rotation, you know, you look at this roster, and all you can ask for as a fan is going into a season – Build a team that is that can win a World Series, and I feel like this team is more than capable of doing that. Yeah, and and the thing about Alex's plan in the past was always to let's start the season and see where we're at, and I'll fix it at the deadline. Um, although he said he never wants to trade for relievers at the deadline again, and he was he said the other day that he was in in his talk with Jason Stark that. He hated this. He hated the way this worked out because he had to do things quickly, and he didn't like that. He never wants to go through this kind of squeeze again. But in my opinion, he made better decisions this year than he's made in the past with with signings, and some of that was given to him by the system. But most of that was he saw a guy, he liked a guy, the statistics were right, and instead of saying, well, can we get nearly close, he went and got him. And I think that, that that's pretty the difference this year, and he had the money to do it. Uh, I think the roster's pretty well set. Uh, you know, you the the starter. I, I'm sort of in the in the mood that I wouldn't mind Kyle Wright, and Kyle Muller um, sliding into that that five, uh, four and five spot, and you know, Tukey maybe or Freddie Tarnock. Uh, Brett Brett Anderson's out there, and he hadn't been hired by anybody. Uh, I. Julio had his showcase, and I haven't heard a whisper about Julio anywhere from any team. And there are some teams out there that really need pitching uh, worse than us, and none of them have picked him up. And that tells me what, how his showcase went. So I, I just I just feel that 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 his day in that in, in Atlanta is gone. Of course, he'll be on the roster tomorrow morning because I say that. But but uh, I I just feel that 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 ship sailed a long time ago. He's a great guy. He did as well when he was here, but uh, I I just don't see him coming back. I would like to see I would like to see another outfielder. Um, I'm I'm starting to wonder if Brett Gardner would play in Atlanta, uh, and and the reason I'm reason I'm wondering that is because he's the kind of bat that you can put in the lineup, and you know he's going to get a hit, and you know he's going to leave it all on the field. He's not a starting center fielder anymore. But then neither's Adam Duvall, if we're if we're going to be honest with that. Uh, and and Gardner's older, but boy, his bat is still good, and he's a leader. And 
he's just a hell of a player. And if the Yankees don't pull him up, I could see Alex grabbing him for one year. Uh, and I would, I would be, I would stand up and applaud that because I think he's the makeup kind of guy that you can put in the lineup and make him better, even if he's not quite the great player that he once, as great a player as he once was. But other than an outfield bat and 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 a starter, I'm not sure what what else you could do to this lot. I like it. I like it the way it is, uh, and I'm I'm just hoping that everybody stays healthy and Ronnie comes back and is close to Ronnie last year. Because if he is, this this the Eastern Division is going to be a real fun thing to watch if you're a Braves fan. Yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie's a big key in all of this. I mean, I've been putting lineups together with and without him to start the year, and when he's in there, it just the lineup flows so much better, and that's you know pretty obvious to say. But hopefully, he can stay healthy. Hopefully, he's back in there soon. And um, well, I'll say back in there soon. I don't want them to rush him, but just as a fan, I want him back in there soon. On the rotation side, I don't know that I heard either one of you mention Waskari Noah. But I think if healthy, he gets a shot in the rotation. He had a good stretch last year. Now, I'm of the belief I think he ultimately ends up in a bullpen role. I know I think Fred feels that way as well. Yeah. But I think, just based on, I think based on what he did last year, again, he had a pretty extended run of success where he decided to punch a wall. I think he gets another shot in the rotation just because he has done it. You know, I, I like Kyle Wright. I think he gets a spot as well. But – we haven't seen him, you know, do it consistently at the big league level as like we have Noah at times. So I think Noah, Noah is a very good potential candidate for the rotation as well. In fact, if I had to predict it today, I'd probably say it's right. Noah in the last few spots, if they go to a six man rotation, then it's probably either Davidson or, or Muller. I'd probably lean towards Davidson at this point, but. That is going to be the, the key position battle in spring training for me, uh, watching the back end of the starting rotation and who wins those final key spots there. We also had arbitration numbers exchanged this week, and the Braves did not come to an agreement with several players. I think this is the most I've ever seen them not come to an agreement with. You know, Not surprising considering the time lost during the lockout uh, and just you know everything else that was going on, but you had Max Freed come in at 6.85 million and the Braves at 6.6. Adam Duvall at 10 point, uh, 10.275 and the Braves at 9.275. So a million dollar difference there. Uh, pretty big one. I think that was the biggest one of the, of the group here. Luke Jackson at 4 million and the Braves at 3.6 million. Austin Riley at 4.2 uh, and the Braves at 3.95. And then Dansby Swanson at 10 million and the Braves at 9.25 million. So, Alan, I'll go to you first. What do you make of some of these arbitration um, decisions and the fact that we're going to have possibly five uh, hearings coming up? Yeah, we were just talking about how the Braves will spend money, and then they nickel and dime these guys effectively. Uh, I do have some opinions on who I think will win their cases and, and lose their cases. I, I think Adam Duvall is probably going to lose his. Uh, they're a million dollars apart. That's, that's a big number. And I think Duvall was above his, uh, uh, MLB trade rumors estimate. Uh, Max Fried will win his case. He's actually, uh, asking for something that was below that MLB TR estimate. Swanson is going to be close, but I think he will probably win. Riley should win. Luke Jackson might lose, uh, but, uh, that, that one's probably going to be fairly close. 
but yeah, it's five guys, and it yeah historically the Braves have tended to avoid arbitration hearings like the plague. Alex Anthopoulos doesn't seem to shy away from that at all. This will be the second year in a row for Swanson. I we we have had several more cases in the last few years than than normal and. It doesn't surprise me that we had a lot more this year. Five is, is an extraordinary number, but it doesn't surprise me simply because the lockout shortened the time to, to do real negotiations. It would be nice to see if the Braves could come to some agreement rather than mess up players during the season for these arbitration hearings. I mean, Freed and the Braves are a quarter million apart. They ought to be able to bridge that one. Uh, Riley's also a quarter million part, but his number is about two thirds of where the level of Freed was. So that, that makes a little more sense, but still, Riley was a key part of a break, uh, breakout season. And I, and it, they, they should go ahead and have given him the 4.2 million he asked for, in my opinion. But what they're trying to do ultimately is tamp down the base numbers during the arbitration because once you give a player a higher number that becomes a base for the next year and the numbers continue to expand and grow at a higher rate if you keep them down then uh, that that pays dividends in the future maybe that's a good plan maybe that's not it's business it's the way uh, Anthopolis has been treating these kinds of things I would prefer to see us trending towards extensions, particularly for guys like Freed, perhaps Swanson, and be a little less confrontational here, but that's the way they're doing business right now. I would agree with that part about setting the baseline for players that are in their first year, you know, like in Austin Riley, but not for Dansby Swanson, who's in his last year of arbitration. And uh, Fred, this could be a little bit telling with how the Braves feel about Dansby, um, you know, the fact Alan said this is the second year in a row he's going to a hearing. Uh, if it does go to a hearing, the Braves are typically a, a trial and trial type team. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what to think of this with, with them and Swanson primarily. And is he coming back? I, I don't know. The Swanson thing was, was sort of, it, it was the one that sort of shocked me the most. I mean, I, I understand why Max Fried asked for, write the man a check. Okay. I, and I, Understand Riley wanting to pump up his base shares. Uh, I, I do. I understand that. Duvall, I think I'm not a great fan of Adam Duvall. Uh, I think he's one of these players that can go, he can vanish for long periods of time. His main asset is his glove and, uh, he can vanish for long periods of time and he used to hit left-handed hitters and now he hits right-handed hitters and I don't know who he's going to hit this year and I don't think he does either. Swanson, if you look at the shortstop market next year, uh, here's let's kill this rumor right now. The Braves are not going to sign Carlos Correa for a million dollars a year. It just ain't going to happen. Uh, that that just just isn't it. First of all, Correa doesn't play 150 games a year. He never has. Uh, he's 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 go, he's always out for some little thing, and he's not. Well, the Braves aren't going to give him 30 million dollars a year for as long as he wants it. So he can stay in Minnesota. the The market outside of that is is Dansby Swanson, really. Uh, and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they had had time to discuss this over the winter that they would have come for a, to a, uh, to bought out this last year plus five for, for something like 60 uh, or 65, maybe. Uh, but now I think that Swanson's exerted himself. I don't know how hard he's set on this. 
and I know he wants to play in Atlanta. Um, but I think uh, the chipper said you got to take the money that Atlanta offers you if that's where you want to play. And if, if Anthopolis offers him a reasonable offer, he will. If somehow he's got crosswise with Alex or Alex doesn't think he's any good or he thinks he has somebody who can replace him easily, then maybe he lets him walk. But uh, I, I've been considering a, an extension for him at something, something like 12 a year uh, average. And uh, I think that's fair for what he produces. Uh, I mean, he may have years when he's worth 15, but he's going to have years when he's worth 10. So I, I think, that, you know, 12 a year is probably a fair, fair amount for our, for Dansby. Um, he's the one that scares me a bit because he can get real expensive real fast. And he's the reason that you're not going to get Correa at 30 million a year because Riley's going to go shooting up the salary charts pretty quickly and uh, they're going to want to extend him. And he's he's going to get he's going to get a lot of money over time. So um, I the rest of them, you know, a lot of this money we say, well, why are they only two hundred fifty thousand apart? Well, they aren't. Okay, they went into the arbitration. They were talking all winter, and the player A was saying, "I want ten million dollars," and the Braves were saying, "I want nine million dollars." And when they go to arbitration, player A drops down and says, "Well, I can might win at nine four." And the Braves said, well, we might win at 9-2. And so that's how you get in at that $200,000 range there. It's not that there's, they're, they're, they were a million, they were $250,000 apart all year. They were farther apart than that. But when they set the numbers to go to trial, they want to go in with something they think the arbiter is going to come down on. And that's the way he's going to sell this, work this out. If you're way over the top like Duval, I think that that hurts your, hurts your case quite a bit. Uh, so these, the ones that are, not far apart those are going to go one way or the other and from what i see all of them should go to the player but i don't know how that's going to work out dance is an issue and duvall's is an issue duvall loses and maybe they just do an extension with dance before he goes to get to trial and do him do him the five at 12 year five years at 12 million and call it good uh and then he gets his bump and and braves get a shortstop for a while stick on the shortstop conversation for a minute to shamelessly plug the article I wrote the other day looking at the top options for the Braves after 2022 at the shortstop position and you know my number one option was Dansby Swanson and the deal that I I came up with was four years at 12 million with a five with a fifth year player or fifth year team option that's what I would want to do I'm sure Dansby would want a little more than that but you know like Fred alluded to, what Chipper said with the Freddie Freeman situation, you want to play in Atlanta, you're probably going to have to take a little bit less than what you think you're worth in order to be somewhere you're going to be happy. You know, Freddie wasn't willing to do that, and he's no longer in Atlanta. If Dansby Swanson wants to stay in Atlanta and the Braves want him to stay in Atlanta, then you may have to take a little bit less than what you think you're worth and what you might get on the free agent market. So, I would like to have Dansby back. Like Fred said, I don't think they're paying Carlos Correa. Uh, they're not going to pay Trey Turner, although I would love to have Trey Turner at the top of the lineup with Ronald Acuna Jr. That would be uh, really fun to watch. You know, Xander Bogarts could opt out and be a free agent. I just don't see them spending big money because also, like Fred said, you got guys like Riley and, and Freed coming up through arbitration who are going to start making 
big numbers. They can't really afford to have another 20 plus million dollar contract on the payroll. Yeah, I I think that uh, I think that the deal with shortstop is you look around and say who who's gonna who's gonna give him the money and who are who the Braves are gonna use. And I don't think the I think the answer to both of those is nobody and nobody. I I just I just maybe things will different, but for right now I I think I think it's Dansby and I th- I think they'll come together and do an extension knock on wood and get this thing out of the way so that's off the table for next year because we've got. A lot of players are going to be making more money as this new uh, CBA kicks in, and I just like to get some more people extended and settle down. Yeah, what do you think, Alan? I tend to agree, uh, and I'm just kind of looking around. It shortstop is a position that is definitely needed in, in multiple places, multiple teams. So I I do think there will be a market for him if the Braves don't try and sign him. Um, I'm kind of looking around for comps. Ryan McMahon just signed. He's a more or less utility infielder for the Rockies. He just signed and ignoring his, ar- his remaining arbitration years, he's signed for $12 million for two years and then $16 million for the, the remaining two years of his, of his deal. So uh, he, in terms of production, he's fairly close to where Dan Densby is, but he does not play shortstop. He just plays the other infield positions. So there's a little bit of a difference there. The other question is about age. How far do you go into the future with a shortstop? He's currently 28. If you go 29, 30, 31, 32, that's four years. The 33, uh, fifth year, that's probably about the practical limit for, for most shortstops, I would think. You know, certainly the Braves do not want to play in the kind of games that, uh, Corey Seeger signed this year, uh, Marcus Simeon, you know, shortstop or second base, either one, Trevor Story. That, that's not where the Braves really want to go. And if you want to go for the next tier guy, Dansby's probably the guy, and certainly he's a uh, very intelligent baseball player, especially on the field. Uh, he, he's, he's self-aware of where he is on the te- field at all times and where he needs to be and kind of quarterbacks things around the infield. And I appreciate that uh, about his game as much as anything else. It's a, it's really a rare commodity, and I think they should probably reward it. So I'm, I'm on board with you guys, four or five years, 12 to 13-ish million or so would probably be about right. Let's not pull a Freddie Freeman and wait till December to talk about this. Maybe get yeah, it done and, early. <laughs> and oh, by the way, Dansby uses the same agency that Freddie Freeman uses, so that could be a lot of fun. We'll see. Maybe how that he learned something. <laughs> yeah, let's, I let's think hope Casey so. Close screwed that up. I'm not. I'm not sure that Freddie had a lot to do with that until it was over with. Uh, oh no, I'm, I certainly agree. I blame it all, or not all, but mostly on the agency. I mean, Freddie should have spoken up, but I, I blame most of it on his agents. Yeah, I do too. I, as far as shortstops, you know, you want to look at the, the Giants just gave Brandon Crawford two at 16 and he's 35. Uh, and the, the thing about it is Crawford was at one time right behind Anderson Simmons as the best in the league. Swanson isn't, isn't there and, and, and Crawford's a better stick. So if you figure two at 16 for Crawford, uh, at 35, uh, Dansby's not in that league. At 35, and, I, and Alan's absolutely right that you know you don't want to push much more on. I think you give him the fifth year because the years are more important than the money for a player in that kind of age group. Uh, and so if you give him the fifth year, um, maybe you're pay, overpaying him in that fifth year. But by that time, 
Um, you've got your money out of him. He's been a he's been around a two win player, and at twelve million a year, he's 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 earned his two wins. So I, I I think they need to extend him. I do. I, I, I and I don't want Max Fried to hit free agency either. So uh, and we forgot to add Mike Soroka might come back this year in July, August to pump that uh, pump that rotation up. So I think you know. Those are the guys I'm considered about is Freed and, and Swanson. I want to get them extended, and then then we'll worry about everybody else. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with that. I'm maybe not so much so on Freed, just because extending pitchers can be uh, a little uh, risky. Uh, I mean, every player comes with risk, but I think pitchers even more so. Uh, the Braves have Freed under control somehow for three more years, um, so I, I'd be more in line to ride that out, or at least, at least maybe get another offseason or two in, but um, but yeah, I definitely think something needs to happen with Swanson. Be curious to see if they get a deal done before the season starts or, uh, maybe sometime during the season as well. I know a lot of players don't like to do that, but I do think he's probably the most logical option. I'm not going to say the best option, but the most logical option for the Braves at shortstop going forward. But I wanted to transition a little bit into spring training. I know, you know, I've been able to watch some of the games here or there. I don't know how much. Y'all been able to pay attention, but anything that's really impressed you so far in spring training from some of the younger guys? You know, there's been a lot of buzz about Michael Harris once again. I think he already has three stolen bases this spring. Uh, speaking of future shortstops, Von Grissom's been very uh, good as well. Drew Waters was really good in his first two games before he hurt his hamstring. Now he's been optioned down uh, along with Tuki Tucson as well, but. Alan, anybody in spring training that you've been hearing a lot of buzz about or that you've been able to see yourself that you're really impressed with? I admit I have not been able to see many of the game. well, basically half of one, uh, thanks to working, unfortunately. But, yeah, I continue to marvel at uh, Michael Harris. I, and, and it sounds like a chalk kind of comment, but in addition to those three stolen bases, he also beat out a, a double play that uh, would have been routine for almost anybody else. So uh, he's definitely got the wheels. Now, the question will be with him, can he make the, the final leap to get to the majors? And if so, when? We we know that that's been difficult for a lot of guys, but uh, I, I want to, I'm hoping to see him have some emerging power this year. And that, that's the one thing I want to see out of his game because that will essentially establish him as a front runner for a future outfield spot, whether it's a corner, center field, whatever. I think he can handle it all. Uh, defensively, he's good. In terms of his scouting grades, I think he's about a notch, you know, 10 points below Acuna in almost every regard, which is not a complaint. By any stretch of imagination, it just tells you how good Acuna was. But the thing to see is going to be, can he go ahead and continue to to hit, hit for average, hit for power, and finish uh, his development and then start knocking on the door to Atlanta? Yeah, I'm obviously really excited about him as much as anybody else. I do want to see, you know, that power is the last tool really to come. He's great defensively. Um, now with Pache gone, he's, he's the best defensive player in the system. He's got the speed. He's got the hit tool. Um, you know, and I, I think the power will come as a lot of people do. I also don't want to see the Braves rush him. You know, I've been pretty steadfast in saying I think he should stay in double A all this year. 
and just continue to refine his game. But uh, I agree way, since I, I agree since I got tickets to see him on June 7. Yeah, you better you better hope so. And I think he I think you will. But, man, when you watch him play, it's like you just dream about what he could be at the big league level, especially when the Braves have a need in center field uh, and can definitely use that. Now, double A South is not the place to go when you're trying to find home run power. It is a tough league to hit home runs in. I think uh, Shea Langoliers was at the top last year with like 22 home runs. So, um, you know, it's not exactly a huge power league. I mean, if he hits, if he gets the 15 home runs this year in double A, I think that would be huge for him. Yeah, the the most home runs hit in Double A South last year was uh, 23. It's now the Southern League again, which I'm great grateful to be able to say that. But, um <laughs> But yeah, 23 home runs led the Southern League last year. So if he gets to 15 home runs, I mean that would that would be huge in itself. So I'm really excited about uh, him, Fred. I don't think we'll see him this year, but like I said, when you watch him on that field, it's just man. You can just imagine what he he could do in a Braves lineup. Yeah, I I, I don't think you'll see Michael this year because uh, they still got Waters at AAA, and unless Waters uh, sorts something out, we aren't likely to see him uh, in, in Atlanta uh, this year, uh, or unless somebody falls flat on their face. I still think Waters might figure it out, and and I think he's going to get spend most of the time at AAA. The the player that. I had never seen play before that I really fell in love with watching him swing the bat was Vaughn Grissom. And I like the way Grissom's, his bat swing is so nice. And he hits a lot of doubles now. And the knock on him is he doesn't have any power, but those doubles are going to run as he grows up and fills out. Uh, he's not a great shortstop. That's the, that's the, what I read anyway about him. And, but, but boy, when I saw him play in third base and hitting the ball and running the bases, I was so impressed with Vaughn Grissom. And I, I really hope that, uh, that, uh, Ron Washington can do his magic mind meld and, and make him a shortstop or, or at least find him a place to play. Cause the, the kid's going to hit, he's got, he's not going to hit 40, but he's going to hit 20 home runs and maybe 40 doubles, 35 doubles a year because he's a line drive hitter and, uh, he's got a nice, even swing, it doesn't get out of place, doesn't get disjointed. It's nice and simple. I watched his swing over four and five times like some kind of idiot on a loop because man, it's such a sweet swing. I hope Vaughn figures it out. He still he played an A last year. He gonna get bumped double A this year. We'll see how that jump goes because you know as they jump up that tends to hurt a little bit. But uh, he he's a really good player. He's the one I'm I'm looking forward to see. Uh, come come up as well as a couple of the pitchers, but the everyday player Vaughn Grissom's one for me. Yeah, and I I touched on him in my article the other day talking about the future at the shortstop position, and I'm I'm interested to see what the Braves do with him and how aggressive they are with him. He only got 12 games at High A last year. It's likely they send him back there, but if they send him to Double A, that would be pretty aggressive to start the season, and that may tell you that maybe they think he could take over the shortstop job pretty soon, which would play into the Dansby Swanson negotiations as well. But I, I don't know if that would happen. It's, it is an option. Like you said, he's he's not um, he's not the greatest defensively at shortstop, would need to clean that up. Uh, but could be a potential, potential way that the Braves go there at the shortstop position. And a final note I wanted to uh, bring on today's episode is we had a 
just kind of an update to the Ronald Acuna Jr. injury situation. Uh, it was Alex Antopoulos, and Alex Antopoulos actually updated this on telecast the other day, said that now he could return to the field in early May. And whether or not that happens, you know, I, it would be great. Look, if he, he's back in the field by early May, what this says to me though, is it says the team doctors got to look at him and they were really happy with where he is. And just knowing that alone is great news to hear for me. I don't want the Braves to push him. We talked about this last week on the podcast. You know, I don't want to see them push him because once you do release him, you're not going to be able to hold him back. You know, when Snicker knows he can put him in the lineup, it's going to be hard not to do that every day. So I don't want to see him rushed back. But if anything, that update tells me that he really did, you know, work hard to get back as soon as he could, which I I knew he would. I I knew he was um, just from his you know, TikTok or Instagram, whatever the social media outlet is where he posts all his videos. I knew he would, he was working hard to get in shape, but now we just kind of have that confirmation from the team doctor saying, Hey, this guy is way out of schedule. He looks great. He could be back in the field sooner than we thought. So that's great news for Acuna. We're still looking to, you know, get him in the DH of so- spot at some point in late April and then back into the field at some point in May. So that is great news for him and for Braves fans as well. Uh, before we get out of here, Fred, I'll kick it to you first. Any final thoughts, comments? No, I just, um, I just keep wondering when Alex said the other day, he says, uh, he said, well, you know, this is the first game I've got to watch. He said, the first time I haven't had ever, everything going on at one time. He said, we're still looking at some things, but I have. He said, we're basically done. And what I took that was to me was, please don't look at me while I'm doing these things. I don't want anybody watching me. We'll do on TV. <laughs> That's what I heard when he said, it's like when he said he had only $15 million to spend and then went out and spent 29. So I just, I just, like Jake said this earlier, if he sees a player he can get and he thinks that's the player that he needs, he's going to go get him. And I think that that's still the case. I don't know who that player is. I don't, I don't have any idea. I've looked around and I don't just don't see anybody. Uh, but um, when Alex Antopoulos says he's done, uh, that means please don't watch. I'm, I'm not really doing anything interesting here. Look at that man over there; he's doing interesting things, and and just leave me alone while I do these things. So that that's my only take from that is uh, I just th- I just think he's done so much without anybody knowing any of this was going to happen that uh, we just need to ignore everything that the national writers say because really they have no clue. Yeah, I love when the Braves are the source that announces information, like the Braves Twitter account posts a, a signing or something. And then you see all the insiders saying, you know, source Braves signed this player, or that player. I'm like, your source is the Braves. They're telling you they signed it. That's always uh, funny to me when that happens because the Braves let nothing out. So you're hearing a rumor about the Braves. Uh, don't trust it. And yeah, like you said, Alex is always working, always looking to improve this team and got to love that as a Braves fan. Uh, Alan, any final thoughts from you? Any anything else you got? Yeah, if uh, Anthopolis wants to retire from baseball and and work for like the CIA or the NSA or someplace like that, uh, you would definitely keep uh, the secrets under control. That that has definitely been a hallmark of everything he's done, and and he runs a really tight ship. I just continue to praise the idea of getting Jansen and McHugh uh, as the latest additions to the bullpen. 
you, all you got to do is remember last year early on when he had a whole lot of bullpen losses. I think Will Smith had seven for the season by himself and other blown saves going on. This is a almost slump-proof bullpen, and I really am impressed with what I'm seeing here, and hopefully these guys can mix and match themselves and keep themselves fresh and effective because uh, they're going to need it this year. And uh, hats off to the Braves for getting this done. And now we are just two weeks, as we record this on Thursday night, we are just two weeks away from opening day. So the season is just about upon us. That means next week we will be doing our season preview and predictions episode. So make sure that you come back and check that out. But this will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Make sure that you follow us at TomahawkTake.com for all the latest news articles uh, on the Atlanta Braves. And like I said, we will be back next week doing our season preview and prediction articles. We will talk to you then. As promised, this has been the Roster Shockers Part 2 edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast, which is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, as Minute Media is likely completely unaware of everything we're doing. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Open Those Bright Eyes, which was modified to fit in the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by tomhawkdick.com. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today, and may all of your favorite prospects be present when you next check out and support Braves Minor League Games. See you next week. Save big money now on new siding from LP SmartSide at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save